0: Welcome to the Holy Healthy Mama podcast. I'm Kristen Noriega, your host, a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and fellow Christian mom. I provide moms with practical, uncomplicated solutions so you can feed yourself and your family with confidence and lean into an active lifestyle. I'm on a mission to make health the standard, and I believe it starts in the family, with mom at the core. So whether you're filled with holy guacamole, the Holy Spirit, or have no idea what either of those are, I've got you covered, friend. Thanks for listening. Hey, welcome back to Holy Healthy Mama. I'm so excited you're here today, as always. We have an awesome episode about zones and order in the kitchen. This is talking about creating zones in order in the kitchen in order to improve your environment. To create an environment that supports your objectives in the kitchen. It supports you if you're a baker, a chef, or even someone who just needs to get in and out ASAP. So we're specifically talking about the items and objects and where you keep them. If you need more about a concrete environment, you could look at last week's episode with Jeannie Petrucci. She talks about a concrete environment versus a concrete meal plan. And then I've also talked about a supportive environment in episode 14, Planning a Prudent Pantry. So if you like these ideas and these topics, you can get so much more of this, plus Build Your Nutrition Foundation and work with me and other moms in a group coaching program. In the Holy Healthy Mama Tribe membership, you get one month of coaching to build a strong nutrition foundation, and you apply mealtime framework, and you get endless support throughout the process. Then you'll continue on month to month going into the um, tribe. You have monthly coaching sessions, access to exclusive tribe only information and you continue getting so much support. So if you want to join head to nutrition.com and get on the wait list for the next time the door is open. Right now you can't join but you can certainly get into the next round and I would love to have you. All right so now On to our moment of encouragement. This is going to be from the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 40. It says, But everything must be done properly and in order. Everything must be done properly and in order. And that can certainly apply now as we're talking about order in the kitchen. So, um, let's lean into this, and here we go. Okay, so raise your hand if you've ever heard of the principles of motion economy. Anybody out there? Anybody? Any hands? (laughs) Okay, I'm kind of a nerd, I'll be honest. When I was in school, I... um, (laughs) was an A's plus student. Let's just say that. I am a huge nerd and I love school. And one of the things that I heard and learned about that stuck with me was the principles of motion economy. Now the principles of motion economy are a set of rules and suggestions to improve manual work in manufacturing and reduce fatigue and unnecessary movements by the worker and for some reason this has stuck with me over the years reduce fatigue improve work improve the workflow and reduce the time it takes it's all of these concepts that I'm always trying to apply whether it was in school I would try to get things done quickly and fastly and as efficiently as possible or whether it's in the kitchen now, that's how I operate. I need to get in and get out quickly and efficiently. And by applying these zones and order to your kitchen, it can help you get in and get out fast. But also it can just help you learn to enjoy your kitchen a little bit more and create that environment because It doesn't cause you so much stress. So let's look at these zones. There's four zones. The first one is prep area. This is where you're going to keep all of the tools that you use to cut. Now, there's different types of knives. I hope you have recognized that each knife has its own purpose. (laughs) In this prep zone, you're going to need your knife block or a dr- knife drawer somewhere to keep your knives safely. And just a side note: if you are using a knife block, please make sure you're drying your knives adequately, a hundred percent, before you put them back into the block, because that is a breeding ground for bacteria. If you leave your knives wet when you put them in there, there can't be a single drop of water. Otherwise, you're really Encouraging bacterial growth. So you also have other sharp things in this prep zone. Graters, kitchen shears, vegetable peelers. And when you use this zone, this is where you're going to do your prep work. This is where you have your cutting boards, prep bowls, uh, scrap bowl for the scraps that you are cutting salt and peppers and oils and in this zone when you start you want to have everything laid out to best and most efficiently use this zone so you have your cutting board in front of you pull out the knives you're going to need pull out any prep bowls pull out the scrap bowl so and to elaborate on that scrap bowl a little bit some people like to use a grocery sack if you have a bowl in front of you it's really easy and open to just toss in like the carrot peels cucumber peels the pieces of the veggies that you don't need right in front of you so if you like that grocery sack consider putting it into a bowl just as a lining so then you can quickly grab it toss it your bowl's still relatively clean so this is a there's a culinary term for this it's called mise en place I may not be pronouncing that correctly, but it's a French term for having all your ingredients measured, cut, peeled, sliced, grated before you start cooking. Your pans are prepared, your mixing bowls and tools and equipment are all set out. So in your prep zone, this can help you to quickly and effortlessly pinpoint missing ingredients, pinpoint what you've got to do. So you have everything in front of you in your prep zone. It's Now, looking at the cutting board, if you're going to use plastic, that's cool. Consider having individual cutting boards for each type of meat. So a fish cutting board, a poultry cutting board, meat, and then also cutting boards for your fruits and veggies and breads. You don't want to cross-contaminate here. I mean, although you think that you're getting your plastic cutting boards clean through the dishwasher, there's still a chance that you're not and some of the bacteria is remaining on there and you don't want to get raw meat bacteria, raw fish bacteria into your fresh fruits and vegetables that you won't be cooking or even if you are going to cook them. You just don't want to cross-contaminate. And so when your plastic cutting boards start to get fuzzy, that's when it's time to toss them. If you have a wood cutting board, also it's greater risk for bacteria So really just, oh, make sure you're cleaning it well and although they're really aesthetically pleasing, you might want to consider that plastic one. I have a cutting board. I can't think of what brand it was. I just ordered it on Amazon, but it's a wooden cutting board and it has all these plastic linings that are stored within it and I pull out... Each a respective one. So if I'm going to cut meat, I pull out the meat. And I can either put it on the cutting board or I can just put it on the counter. But I really like it because the whole concept, it's like beautiful and aesthetically pleasing. But it's also safe. <laughs> Food safe. Reducing the possibility of food-borne illnesses. Okay. So you avoid clutter in this area in your prep zone by... Just pulling out the things you need, and then you apply the mise en place. It, yeah, that's French. French is not my second language. But in Spanish. I could help you out there a little bit more. Um, but you apply that mise en place so everything is in its place, and you keep it all together. So you store it all together right where you're going to prep, and you use it all together at the same time, so you pull it all up. Moving to the second zone, this is your cooking area. So you've already prepped, now you have a cooking area. This is where you have saucepans, skillets, woks, pans, uh, glass pie plates, yeah, glass loaf pans. You have pressure cookers, griddles, air fryers, This is where everything you need to actually cook the food is. So you have this designated area in your kitchen. And you want to keep everything close by again. Keep all your cooking items there. Keep it clear. Keep it clean. Keep it close. Sorry for that email blurb. And you need the items to actually stir these things as well if you're going to be cooking you need your uh, your what is it spoon spatula there we go the things that you need to do to stir within those pans zone three is going to be the pantry and I'm not talking about the food I again I'm talking about the equipment and the area that you're going to have all this stuff so you want to have like items together so here you need your dry measuring cups you want your measuring spoons wet measuring cups and did you know there's a difference so dry measuring cups those are the ones that are like scoops you're not supposed to measure liquid in there because it doesn't do it a hundred percent accurately which is fine if you're not going for hundred percent accuracy, but if you're going for if you're measuring based on weight, then you want to also measure your liquids appropriately in a wet measuring cup, which is just like those glass ones with the lines going up and down. Whew, I'm talking a bunch. This is where you want to I'm talking a bunch. I have a podcast, what do you know? <laughs> the next thing in here would be a thermometer. I really encourage you to have a meat thermometer that can help you determine when your foods are done. There's no other way to determine if your food is safe than to actually measure the temperature. The meats need to be cooked to different degrees. I would just encourage you to Google it, quite frankly, in my house, we pretty much cook almost everything to 165 degrees, which it doesn't all need to be cooked to that temperature, but I'm paranoid about food safety. <laughs> and so we tend to lean towards the side of overcooking our meats rather than undercooking our meats. Or at least I do. My husband would tell you something differently. <laughs> okay, in your pantry area, you also have. Steve's colanders slotted spoons all the things you would use to separate you have whisks and spatulas to um, mix together uh, mixtures and any sort of baking item you've got mortars and pestles if you are that fancy I am not that fancy Uh, (laughs) I will also share another story it's not mine but my husband we were at the a target or somewhere recently. Well, not super recently because we're in the middle of the pandemic, but he, we saw mortar and pestle and it was beautiful. And he said, Oh my gosh, we are never buying one of those because when he was deployed, one of the times he had to grind pepper with a mortar and pestle every day. <laughs> it was a really different and unique place where he was in a different type of deployment and they were not in a they had no access to (laughs) common kitchen things like everything else I've listed here but he had to grind his pepper so I don't think we'll ever actually own a mortar and pestle and if you don't own one of these mortar and pestles or if you don't own half the stuff I've already said and if you don't need it Do not go buy it. If you are functioning in your kitchen well with far less, that's awesome. I also tend to swing towards the side of minimalism. So you use what you need and there's no sense in buying extra things that you don't need, right? If it's just going to sit in the cabinet forever, you don't need it. If you're never going to use it, you don't need it. If you're going to use it once and you think it's cool... Really consider if you actually need to buy it or can you just borrow somebody's to try it out that one time. Alright. So we're still in that pantry zone. You have tools that separate and then you've got non-essential items that are useful if you have them and need them. Food processor, blender, stand mixer, and an immersion blender. And all. Four of these things that I just listed basically do the same thing. So, which of these do you have and which ones do you need? Keep it in the pantry area, but also keep in mind what do you need, what do you not need? If you have a stand mixer and you have a hand mixer and you have an immersion mixer, which of those can you use most often and can it do the tasks of the other? Alright, I'm not going to dive into what food items to put into your pantry because that is in that other episode, episode 14. Now we will move to the kitchen zone 4, refrigerator and freezer. This is an area, obviously, where you're going to have most of your food or lots of your food, but there's items within this area that can also be super helpful for you. So you can use vacuum sealer bags if you are really into doubling meals and saving half for a rainy day. Saving half for uh, the next time one of your friends has a baby. The next time a lady at church gets sick, has a baby, something like that. You can use vacuum sealer bags to really... Ensure that the food is going to maintain maximum flavor, maintain maximum freshness. You could also use these bags for storing things in the fridge. Whether or not you use vacuum sealed ones or not, that's up to you. For the fridge and the freezer, you can definitely use... Regular old Ziploc seal bags. That's what I usually use. I just get the cheapest ones I can find and store them in there. And while that might not be the best answer for everybody, it's definitely an option. We're not shooting for perfection. We're shooting for practical tips that are going to work. And if buying the vacuum sealed bags isn't within your budget, isn't within... The brain space you want to take up, just use your regular bags, and then a step up from that might even be using mason jars or glass containers. There is some value to using these because you're not using plastic, you're not using, you're not getting BPA, which is that um, chemical that we should try to avoid because it's uh, been known it's a known carcin- carcinogen- carcinogenic item. It can cause cancer. There we go. <laughs> and then on, so if you switch to glass, you're avoiding BPA. But at the same time, you're also you creating something that's aesthetically pleasing here. And it helps you to reach in and actually grab those items. If the fruit that you're storing in your fridge looks beautiful, you're more likely to grab it. If it's in a bag, smashed, underneath everything else you're probably not going to grab it, and it's going to go bad, and you'll end up throwing it. But when you can see it in a mason jar or in a glass jar, it's really pretty. It's visually appealing. You want to grab it, and you want to pull it out. Plus, they have a really good seal. Lots of them do. have a really good seal to maintain that freshness. And of course, grouping-like items together within your freezer and your fridge is also a really good practice. So you can buy containers, you can put them in there and put all your yogurts together, you can put all your cheeses together, you can put everything that is similar together so it's easier for you to grab. And now in an effort to ensure that you are practicing food safety principles, here's the layout of your fridge that you should consider applying to yours right now. At the top of the fridge, you want to have already prepared foods and leftovers, fresh things, and then as you move down towards the bottom of the fridge, that's where you want to store your raw meats. You don't want to have raw meats at the top of your fridge. The chances of them dripping... And getting raw meat juice all over the rest of your fridge are pretty high. And when that happens, you are at higher risk for foodborne illnesses. So by storing your raw meats on the bottom, there's less risk of cross-contamination. By storing like items together, there's less risk of contamination. So the foods that are designed to be cooked and prepared towards the bottom raw meats at the very bottom and then as you work up you want the things that are more susceptible to being contaminated so those like if you have a potato salad you want that at the very top because you're not going to cook it again you need it up there so that when you just pull it out and you eat it it hasn't been contaminated So the foods that you will cook and the raw meats, raw meat, let us me say raw meats at the very bottom, foods you're going to cook next, working up all the way to the foods that are already prepared at the top. All right. That's my little food safety side note. And please don't store your raw meat on top of your broccoli. (laughs) All right. So here is your action item. I would love for you to go take a look in your kitchen using this time where you're stuck at home. Can you create these zones so that you can streamline your time in the kitchen and make it more enjoyable? That's what we want here. We want the kitchen to be a place that does not cause us stress, does not cause us anxiety. It's a place where we enjoy being, where we enjoy preparing meals for our family so take action create your zones and to help you with this go to my website www.kristinnoorieganutrition.com and get your ebook that goes with this it's called kitchen sink this is in the show notes but you can go to the website to access your pdf and it's been recently updated and it's pretty beautiful if i do say so myself But it's got it all broken down for you. You can see what goes in which zone, and it has some overall or some general tips, and it will just help you as you take action here. So, take action, friends, download the ebook, and bring some order to your kitchen so that it's more peaceful and it makes sense. Okay, that is all for this topic. If you like what you hear, Hit subscribe before you exit this podcast. Down on your phone somewhere, there's a subscribe button. By subscribing, you're the first to know when a new episode has released. And if you're not on my email list, get on the email list. Head to my website and you will get a weekly email that goes along with the podcast. And you will also be the first to know about the blog post that goes with the podcast. Yep, I provide even more information through the blog and through the emails to really take you through this journey of trying to reach your nutrition goals, and you will have access to discounts and special offers for joining the tribe. So if you want to get into the Holy Healthy Mama tribe, also head to my website. I'd love to have you, and I hope you have a fantastic day, and your week starts off great, and that you can keep in good spirits through this pandemic take care all right thanks for listening to holy healthy mama if you loved the show please leave me a five-star review it will help with the show's visibility initial and long-term success and it will make my heart happy all right friend love your babies say your prayers and eat your greens